Hey, welcome to Smoker Broker. I'm Robert Mention. I'm the guy they call Smoker Broker. Happy New Year, I guess. It's really midway into January already. Uh, we kind of took a break uh, as we went through the holidays. You know, the last six months, uh, we haven't been consistent uh, on podcasts, and that's all on me. Uh, you know, when you're dealing with a market that is really unprecedented it becomes difficult to do some of the side things that we do and uh, you know unfortunately the podcast is one of those uh, the podcast is important to us but when uh, we're dealing with you know being down like 60 or 70 percent from what we normally are we have to concentrate on a lot of other things so you know with my mind scattered about that's probably why we haven't been uh, as consistent you know i like to make sure that we have at least two shows a month and I'm certainly dedicated to this year to making sure that that uh, happens, especially as we continue to enhance the podcast uh, with the Lunatic Digital guys that help us out here. That's a great platform to uh, do these on. You can do it in the comfort of your office or house. It really doesn't matter. You still get all the great uh, graphics and everything as if you were live inside the studio. So I always love them for that. We are in January and it's um, it's better. <laughs> It's good that we're in January because uh, last year is probably the first year in a long time that I was like, good, good riddance, you know, um, and I'm not normally like that, but I was this year. Uh, it was it was tough. You know, it's the most awkward thing when you um, uh, you've gone through bad markets before. I mean, I've gone through three market swings in 25 years. Some of the worst ones, especially in 2008. Uh, I thought last year was worse. And what's weird about that is it, it wasn't a lack of bad, you know, unemployment was good. Um, the economy is good. Uh, buyers aren't having problems getting houses. And, and there's plenty of sellers, uh, you know, that would want to sell their house if the interest rate had not affected us. And I've never seen it do that. I've, I've never seen that many people wait to buy a house. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as we go into our topic today. want to introduce... My longtime friend and my regional director out there uh, on the East Coast, Michaela Smith. She's a longtime uh, friend of mine, probably more than that, but I don't like to embarrass her when we're on the air. But <laughs> Hi there. Is, she's fantastic. And, uh, you know, it's fitting that she's on the show today because we're going to talk about becoming a new agent and why there's so many reasons to do it. You know, I find that kind of ironic or maybe hypocritical even that I'm making that the show today after starting it off with it's been so lousy for the last year but that should say something to you that should uh, really be a signal as to how good we think it is to be an agent even where when we're in the most down markets it just shows how valuable it can be so you know she's going to be great too because uh, she's seen a lot of this and she's going to be able to contribute uh, to that conversation uh, you know if Michaela if Brent was on uh, he would joke with you because uh, they all give me a hard time that you know, I usually, I mean, I'm no, I'm never short on talking and I can talk all the time. And most of the time I do. And uh, they joke about it. If you're on the podcast, a lot of times you're just sitting there and he would probably give you a hard time <laughs> about that. But uh, I'll, I'll interact with you on this one because I think your uh, input's going to be super important uh, with what we're going to talk about, you know, and I, I also like you being on because uh, as y'all know, SWR is primarily based in Texas, but we have other markets that we work in. So it really doesn't matter whether we're in, you know, Maryland, uh, D.C., uh, you know, if in Atlanta, Destin, it, it doesn't matter where we're at. 
uh, what we're doing. And we do the same type of practice. We have practiced the same type of thing. So this conversation is going to be general for everybody who, uh, who watches. You know, the audience is vast that we have, and it's from experienced agents, uh, uh, even a lot of managers that watch it. But it's really core to people who are brand new and looking for the help that they can't get. Uh, in the offices, wherever they are, because it's difficult for any one real estate brokerage to um, uh, to be able to support so many agents. So, so we try to help them with that. And uh, on this particular one, we're actually going to do the steps that are it takes or what you should. We're actually going to talk about why you should do it. Then we're going to kind of talk about some of the steps you need to do. And the reason why I was saying that is because this podcast goes into, uh, you know, uh, into an archive and we keep spinning it back and, and sending it out later. Uh, this will probably be one that's forwarded by a lot of you that normally watch this. This is probably one that you're going to forward say, Hey, look, you should watch this. This is what I've been right. talking to you about. Uh, you know, our guys heavily recruit. Uh, if you ever go to the join uh, SWR.com site, uh, you know, we talk about how we give recruiting incentives and we push the guys to recruit. So this actually is going to be, uh, a good um, uh, podcast for not only, you know, everybody else, but especially our guys too. I love it when I kill two birds with one stone because uh, our guys need it uh, just as well. So when you talk about becoming a new agent, historically real estate gets a, uh, maybe a laugh or a joke with some people, you know, uh, uh, some people think it's some type of a sales, you know, gimmick job. Um, I've seen on shows before where someone makes fun of, oh, you're doing real estate or something like that. And, you know, there's mm-hmm. certainly those out there that get it. But, and, and, you know, if you look at a majority of the real estate agents out there, that probably could be, be a true statement. Uh, because this really is one of those industries that, I mean, the saying is 20% of the people do 80% of the work. But in real estate, it really is the 10% do 90% of the work. And, yeah. You would think a guy like me wouldn't say that because it's negative, you know, but I've never viewed it like that. I always view it as the people who know what they're going to do when they get out there. That that's a positive. It should motivate them. They've seen some of the idiots out there. Uh, Michaela, mm-hmm. even in the short time, you, you've seen, you, even when you walk in, uh, and I won't say our office, I mean, any office in any real, th- there's a lot of people that, um, uh, sometimes probably don't belong there. And I really am talking about outside of our offices because we try very hard to make sure, uh, especially up in the Maryland offices, try very hard to make sure we have really decent folks and they've got great, great support group. If you look at agents in general, some of them are just doing it for the wrong reasons and they're just not doing what they're supposed to be. You can kind of see it in their eyes, right? Sometimes, can't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely tell. Yeah, there's a, there's a glow about them that's just like, you know, I, I just I don't the see glow the of with an it. inflated ego sometimes. Yeah, oh, that's a great comment too. It is an inflated ego. It, actually, you know what? It, it's really two. It's two extremes. It's um, inflated ego, which I love that. It's a great comment, or it's just outright stupidity. It, it's just outright. Yeah. Oh, I can do this. So I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, you and everybody else. So you're right. <laughs> there is two people out there. And uh, that, that's a very good statement to make because I think it's fitting the type of person that is trying to get into real estate or thinking about it. They, the unsuccessful ones are the ones that fall into those two categories. So that, that's very true. When you see 
the right person that comes through when you talk to the right person or you know and that's really what this this show is about when you know if someone's capable of doing it that that's the one that you really want to push this podcast on to and especially this episode because if you think it that probably means they showed some type of characteristic that you know for a fact would make them a good real estate agent. In fact, some of the best agents that we've had in 25 years are the ones that somebody said, hey, you should do this. You'd probably be really, really good at it. That's That really is one of the ultimate compliments in real estate is for someone to tell you, hey, you'd be good at this. Um, and I've come to know or believe over the years that you know, you think some people make that comment just to compliment you or just to like blow smoke at you. But I actually found it to be a pretty good indicator that that person probably is uh, really good. So with that said, you know, Michaela is a great example. Um, and, and, and she reminds me uh, so much of me because we look the same. We are the same weight and the same age. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, I, I only wish I could have started when she did. Uh, you know, she started nine years before I did, um, age-wise. And, yeah. um, and I, I see uh, so many uh, things that she does that it reminds me of the way uh, me and a lot of our better agents and management crew started because uh, she exemplifies what we try to tell in all of our agents is that this isn't immediate. It's not fast. It's not um, like in three years, you're a millionaire. Yeah. Which the inflated ego thinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. all day. Uh, it, it's not like that. And it, it really does go from not having that many people for so long and then just all of a sudden there's like five, six or seven. And mm -hmm. I think that's the hardest thing for us when we bring uh, you know, intelligent people on that we know can do well is making them understand it ain't gonna be quick. And I like to say that when we're talking about becoming an agent because I actually believe that it's probably a requirement these days that someone understands when they get into it, it's gonna take them a while. Uh, uh, I think why that's important is the the percentages show it 83 percent of the agents industry-wide they'll quit inside of six months you know i used to not say that stat because it was so yeah it's terrible right help yeah michaela 50 percent would be bad okay yeah to put it in perspective <laughs> um i i used to not tell people that stat especially when interviewing them because uh, of just the demotivation, you know, it's like, Jesus, you know, what's the point? And, and the longer I did it, the more I started thinking, like, that is the point. I go, that, that's the exact thing that they should know because it works the same every time. Somebody tells them it's an easy job. You're going to make all this money. You work for yourself. You set your own hours. Um, you know, especially if you worked in the life, you look at the last 10 years where almost anybody could have sold houses and uh, you get them excited about it. You tell them to come in, work in an office, quit whatever they have that's actually making them money so they can do this. You tell yeah. them to quit it and, and 
tell them you have to be in the office all the time and kill yourself to do well. That's not true. Okay. That's I'm not, not saying it's all. a bad thing. You know, um, you know, our partners out in Maryland, especially uh, our, our, one of our team leads out there, you know, uh, Brandon's probably one of the best ones that we have and really on the East Coast. And, you know, I'm always careful when I talk to someone like Brandon or the TLs here because I, I do encourage someone. I do want them to work as much as they can. And I would love it if they're in the office all the time. But what I don't like and what I'll argue with anybody on is telling them that they can't do it if they don't do that. That's that's BS. I, I don't I don't care what anybody says. That's the argument I get into with a lot of my peers. It's like you're discouraging them from coming to the office and not working. I go, I never said that. Like, I didn't say that that's not what they are supposed to do. Any moron can tell you that if someone works more at it, they have a better chance of doing better at it. Like, I didn't say that. I go, but what I will say is what y'all won't say is that a lot of times that person that can't come into the office that they have the right guidance, that could be the one that you want because they know that they have to have something supporting them before they can actually jump into this. And, and that's something that, you know, I've preached for a long time. I'm biased towards it. There's no doubt. You can hear it in my tone um, uh, because I started that way. And that's how I started off. And, you know, it's like I said, it's very it's 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 fitting. Michaela's next to my side here. You know, I, I really sat side by side in office to her dad while I did this uh, in the last couple of years that um, uh, we were working together. And, uh, you know, the, that was a full time job. Uh, it was a good 50, 60 hours a week. But it taught me it can be done. And I knew it can be done. And, and, and that's one of the issues I have. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this, this is a bigger conversation, but that percentage, someone tells them they're going to make all that money. They're six months into it. They haven't made, they haven't sold anything. They don't have anybody in the pipeline. They're paying the office bills because the broker's good at billing them with that, right? Mm -hmm. They get discouraged and they quit. And that could be the biggest tragedy in all real estate. Uh, more than anybody else could ever know. Those people, they are not even close to being able to make that decision yet. In fact, most of us say at a minimum, you've got to go a full two years before you can even start thinking about maybe I'm not that good at it. It's really three years before we say, look, they're making the money that they should be making. That's another reason why this particular episode is a good one. It's one of my favorite episodes to do because it, it caters to a lot of people. It caters to the people that want to do this and to the people that are doing it right now. In fact, sometimes I annoy myself because we're going to do another episode where we talk about what your first few months look like. And I, and I kind of do too much of that here. So I'm going to try to be careful that I don't carry in because that's what I'm doing right now. But it also needs to be a point made to someone coming in to realize it takes that kind of time. Mm -hmm. A professional marketer will tell you, if you started from day one, sending mailers, which is not the primary way we lead generate, but it's one out of a thousand, you would have to do it two times a month to the same group for at least eight or nine months before the audience that you have finds you worthy of trash. 
meaning they get your mailer in the ninth month and they say, oh, that Michaela girl sent us something and they throw it away. Nine months to be labeled trash. God forbid they actually think about using you. You know, every season amazed me watching a new agent and they send mailers out the first two months and then they quit. And they're like, well, it's costing me like 500 bucks or whatever. And I got no calls. I'm like, what, 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 do, you, what do, you, do you think they were just waiting for you? You, you think when they got their mail, they're like, oh, Kaylee got her license. I can't, I'm so happy for her. <laughs> We've got to sell our house right now. That's just stupid. That's just dumb. Not to mention all the other realtors that have been sending stuff for years that they know no damn well more than you do. Now, why would you think that? And that's just one small step out of millions that we're telling them, look, it takes a while. You cannot just come into this and go to some isolated trainings here and there and hope that this works out. And we're going to talk more about that in the next episode uh, because that really is more of the next episode. Um, but I want to give you a preview to it because that really is one of the things that I think prohibits people from doing it. And I think if they know that, then they're like, okay, so I'm going to get back to continuing about talking about becoming a new agent. And then we're going to talk more about this same stuff uh, on our next episode, which is probably the one that's better for someone who has been doing it for a few months or for two years or under three years and is doubting themselves. That'll be a good one for you too. That'll probably be a very good hitting the arm for a lot of agents that not you uh anybody that's watching yeah. um it'll be a good shot in the arm for you because i think it's gonna make you feel a whole lot better and i know it just because I, I i talk to people uh all the time you know one thing i don't do as much on the show anymore um you know I, we, we, we never and maybe and maybe i should uh, i don't ever like talking about my own stuff you know, give a damn about me personally but when we do this show i guess it probably does matter so y'all you know i've done this a long time 25 years uh i'm a senior instructor at one of the largest real estate schools in the country you know i draft a lot of the material that uh, a lot of the folks in texas you know need to get their license i've helped an estimated over 300,000 students uh get into real estate um uh, run one of the largest teams in the country you know we have about 165 agents that work for us and it, it's um I'll, I'll tell you, it's amazing what they say uh, at times. And one of the things I find most touching when I'm helping somebody get their license, find it interesting that they're so intimidated and so much anxiety about taking the test. And and, and so I, this is proof. This isn't um, this isn't a guesstimate or what I think. This is actually a true statement on what I get a lot. Uh, a lot of times when I teach, I don't know why I say a lot of times, every time that I teach, uh, you know, you go through the intro and you tell people that, um, you know, what they're going to be doing. They're all nervous and anxiety. I mean, if it, I, think, I think all of us have anxiety, but God knows how much some of us have it worse than others. And they're just nervous to take it. I've seen some people, which is very relevant to the show. I don't want to mess with that. I heard it's hard. I don't even take it, which is just dumb. It's just stupid. That's the last reason why you shouldn't get into real estate, but you hear so many of them that they're scared about taking the test. And, you know, the ultimate thing they're scared about is failing, which is really a bad characteristic. Uh, one of the worst traits anybody can have. 
is being afraid of failing because we do it all the time. I'm 52 and it doesn't stop. God knows this past year, I've probably failed more than I have in a long time. It doesn't change, okay? So it's a bad trait to, fa- to fear it because it's just a part of life. And, you know, um, it's something you have to get through. And I can't stand quoting Michael Jordan, not because I don't like Michael Jordan. I just don't like quoting someone who's clichedly quoted all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Michaela, J- Jordan, and I'm sure you've seen this before. Jordan's most famous quote is he said he's failed hundreds and thousands of times. You know, it, it wasn't until he did a few things where he got it right. And most of the billionaires out there will tell you how many of them were bankrupt, had nothing, were broke even at the ages of 30, 40, and they, it doesn't matter. Okay. It, it's just, it's, it's okay to mess, mess up on it. Now, when I do that opening, I'll tell them, you know, I go through everything and, and they hear my bio and they know I'm legitimately capable of teaching them with what they're about to get. <laughs> but I go, yeah, I'll tell you why I know so much about that. You know, because I outright, I, I outright failed the damn thing two times and I wasn't a dummy. I was well-educated, very well, very well-educated. And uh, I was the psycho straight A guy, you know, get less than an A. You're like, oh my God, how the hell did that happen? You know, blah, 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 which is stupid. If I went back in life, I'm like, why do I give a damn? Who gives a shit what I made an A in biochemistry or whatever, you know? Talk about your uselessness in life. Yeah. Talking about how good you did in school. Who gives a shit, you know? So it makes me laugh now I think about it. But, you know, Taking CPA exams, uh, running big accounting departments, uh, years of experience, you wouldn't have thought that'd be an issue for that. I had to take mine when I was in my 30s, you know? So you would think that that's not a problem. But I outright failed it. But what, what I tell all of them is that that is not an intelligence test, it is a barrier test, it is a test with stupid scenarios scenarios that never happen in our entire career it's so important to this part of the podcast too because this whole the whole point of this episode is talking about why you should become an agent this is one of the biggest um barriers to someone getting into it is they're afraid they're going to fail or they're afraid what someone else thinks which is the worst who gives a damn what anybody else thinks but they're afraid of all that And, and they're afraid that it says something about them it doesn't mean anything. Uh, you know, I joke, um, one of my um, uh, partner in, uh, instructors, and he's not just that, he's a great, really great friend outside of uh, uh, the things that we do. He's a broker as well. And uh, they, the, the school that we teach at, they, they surprise tested us about uh, maybe six months ago or so to make sure that we knew what we were supposed to. So me and him are sitting next to each other and I'm like, shit. He's like, you wrote half the damn thing. What are you so worried about? I go, it's still hard. <laughs> I go, it's still, the, the, and he goes, I don't even know how you can say that. So we take it and I'm very genuine with everybody. Do you pass? Yes. And that's exactly where I'm going with this. <laughs> so well, according to him, I didn't, but <laughs> Um, I'm very genuine. You know, I, people can call me whatever they want. 
uh, and there's plenty of names to call me, uh, but I'm not hypocritical. I, I'm the first one that calls myself out. So we're sitting there, and of course, you know, Mr. Perfect uh, next to me, he gets a hundred, and and I tell people this because I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, so I got like a ninety, and I was like, it's good. <laughs> so he he looks, he goes, how could you miss anything? I go, what since when? do I see this scenario? Like, when's the last time I filled in the seller blank uh, where, where I put, oh, are they tenants in common or are they joint uh, tenancy? I don't know. We might want to check with the, I, I, we don't talk like that. Yeah. When's the last time I worried about whether there was a freaking gross easement or a, you know, um, a prescription easement? I, I, I don't know. I don't talk about that stuff daily. Yeah, I told him, like, I'm damn proud of getting that 90. It shows I know what I'm doing, except that stupid stuff. So I use myself as an example to the agent. I, I There's usually anywhere from 100 to 150 people in those classes. At a minimum, no exaggeration, at least five of them immediately message me and say i cannot tell you how much that means to me and then there's another 10 to 15 that acknowledge it that they're like i need that because it, it and the reason why i'm telling you is because i know for a fact i know one of the biggest barriers is that people are worried about that test and you need to just knock that off that test is nothing if you're waiting because you're worried about your test skills or it's going to take all this study you are way off. And that is the last thing that should keep you from becoming an agent. Because I'm going to tell you right now, all the learning and everything that gets you to taking the exam, that is not what we do day to day. All right. So that's a real problem that we have with someone becoming an agent, especially someone who's super nervous about what people think or if they're going to fail, which is why I made such a big deal about those two things. Those are very bad common values to have is being afraid to fail because there's not a damn thing wrong with it. it happens to all of us michaela you're still young you still have plenty to fail at right i'm probably gonna <laughs> fail a lot <laughs> you failed already many times right you've done oh yeah stuff, haven't you oh yeah would you care to share any that your dad needs to know i know he'll watch the podcast oh. <laughs> Oh, we'll keep it to real estate um you know it's hard yeah. you know it's hard about becoming time. friends with my friends kids is that when they get old enough you you stop treating them like a kid you treat them like you're a friend and and you are but the problem with that is you say stuff and you just ran with someone oh my god i can't believe i just told her that <laughs> but <laughs> and, and i've got several uh closer friends they're just like you know my relationship with your dad and, and you and i see them and it, that that can be difficult at times so i always joke about when uh we're talking about things in general I'm like oh dad probably wouldn't want to know that he probably would <laughs> yeah i always try to filter what i tell you i would want to tell my uncle <laughs> i have i have seen you in some pretty compromising when you were younger so i guess <laughs> <laughs> you know but it, it's 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 when you start talking to someone about especially someone's closer to you and you ask him if they fail. Yeah, you joke about being an uncle. I would relish the fact of being uh, one too. If I had a daughter, I wish she'd be just like you. 
And I told your dad that too, but you know, we fail. We do dumb things. Uh, we, we have tough things that happen to us. We have to overcome and adapt. God knows you know that. And it, it, I think it's a, it's a difficult thing, but it shouldn't be what stops you from doing the things that you want to do most. Notice I didn't say real estate. I just said it shouldn't stop you from doing the things that you want to do most because that's usually what keeps you from being very happy. Okay. Um, there is are so many good things about becoming a real estate agent. Um, yes, it is flexible, even though we joked about the ones that say they want to do that. Uh, uh, yes, you can make a lot of money doing it. It's not immediate, but you can. You, know, you want to talk about living proof, y'all? There ain't nothing special about me. Uh, I tell all my agents all the time, I truly believe most of them are much better than I ever could have been at this. But the one thing I do take credit for, and it's what I push into them just as much, is very good at being disciplined, having a very good attitude, and having a very good work ethic, work ethic. I believe that that's what helped me to do well. Not that I was a better real estate agent. I just knew that if I do the things I, I was supposed to do, uh, that I would do well. And I was a slow starter. Um, I, I don't think I made 15000 my first year. Uh, I think I barely made thirty-five in the second. But the third and the fourth, that changed. And it never stopped after that. Even That's I was I'm quite surprised. You don't have to worry about it. it. It's the it's the timing, you know, because I already know for a fact you cannot. So I can tell you this more than I can anybody else because I do personally know you. Uh, and I do have the, the, the street cred to say it because it's 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 impossible for you not to eventually do it. You know, I joke with you about um, in front of Brent a lot. Uh, God knows I love to take a shot at Brent if I can, because he takes thousands a day at me. <laughs> but it's well known, and Brent knows that I tell this as a compliment when I tell when I say this. But Brent was the slowest we ever had, not intelligence-wise, maybe, but um, production-wise, it took him the longest time. And he pretty much runs the firm, but yeah, and he's one of your most successful agents. He is. He's yeah. he's what we would hope they all become. And he was the slowest. I mean, yeah, Brent, Brent was four years. Brent, Brent was four years till he made okay money. You know, and um, I think that says a lot. It says a lot about him, but it says a lot about the timing it takes too. So there are some people that I, um, th there's no doubt. So I'm, not, I'm not hypocritical. There are some people when I interview them, I'm like, oh, you'll do well. And I'm like, they won't. Um, because sometimes you do have to try to give them the chance. You don't want to just kill it right then and there, right? But you still know deep down inside they don't. But then there are others like they absolutely can do it. They just take time. Uh, you know, Michaela, I think I said this on, I, th I think I said it on the team meeting the week before. And anybody I've been speaking in front of in the last couple of weeks, I've, I've said it. And it's really been the last six months. And I don't know why it just came up. Uh, I don't know why it's 
struck me as being so important. But the more I talk to people, uh, the more I'm in front of somebody, especially larger groups, and I say it, I, I, I'm, I'm making myself believe I don't know it, it's true and it's what's missing and it's this. It's that conversation we had about, I, I really believe that if you see people enough, preferably on a weekly basis, no more, going more than bi-weekly with people is not enough. They're just, they're, they're acquaintances more than anything. Um, I gotta be careful I say that because there are a lot of people who are close to me that I don't see them, but we interact and, and to me that counts too. Interaction counts, okay? But let's say it's just like complete strangers, Legion that you're trying to pick up. I really believe if you see those people on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis, even if they don't like you, they have a very hard time going sell or buy a house knowing that they see you that often. And I think one of the biggest issues out there, and I think they, they, they you know, um, really join together is that lead generation is pushed on constantly getting out and doing things and, and getting, getting out there and, and, and seeing people. But I think the combo to that is if it's as often as it should be, the longer you see those people, the more chance that they are eventually going to buy or sell, or they know somebody who's going to buy or sell, which is really important too, that it's hard for them not to use you. And I, I think the more I talk about lead gen with agents, um, and we're going to talk about this in the next episode too, so there'll be some carryover for sure, but they all apply. They apply to someone who's trying to think about becoming an agent. You know, we want to make sure we show them how easy it is to do it because they think they're calling. We don't call people anymore. That's, I mean, there are some to do it. I don't, but cold calling. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I don't do it. It doesn't mean it's wrong. I just don't do it. I just you can be very ways. successful without doing that. It's all I've, I've never done. Are, That's yeah. fun fact. Never done it before. Entire career. Really? Did it. Yeah. And, and I've done it a few times so far. Yeah. I, I, you Not know, my favorite. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's why Brent's a great devil's advocate to me. He believes in a lot of that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Very different for me in that standpoint, um, which is good. You, you want your counterpart to be like that. You, know, you want them to be different and not believe the same things that you do because it keeps you in check. But, and, and for most of the elite agents, they will tell you that, you know, I'm the black sheep of the family. I'm like one of the only ones that's never done it. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying I don't do it. I'm and I am saying there's other ways to do it. I believe the more you're out and you talk to people and the more groups that you're a part of and the, the more active you are with those groups, I, I really believe that's where all my money ever came from. I mean, it, it, it was doing the things that I already did, but just with a twist on it. You know, I'm not the one that goes and beats people down and said, hey, I need to know if I can have your business. Can I buy it? I don't, if you do it right, you don't have to do that. You know, they damn well know who you are. And most of the time they're going to come to you in the first place. Now I say that because when we're talking about how long it takes, common sense should set in that if you just start and you start going to certain groups, same thing as the mailers. 
they don't give a damn who you are until it's month five or six maybe. And honestly, it might even be two years before they reach out to you. So it, it, it takes time, okay? It, it, it takes time. So I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to say this comment on this episode and the next one because they both are important to becoming an agent and what happens in your first um, you know, a few years. But just to prove my point, and unfortunately, Michaela's heard this one a few times, but it's that important that I say it all the time. Um, last year, just to prove my point, I had um, someone reach out to me. Um, they went through several voice messages because I didn't, they were, y'all get, hundreds of spam and, and vendors asking me for money and all that. So I, uh, I have to sort through. Um, but it was someone who randomly said they knew me. I'm like, whatever, you know. So I call them back and they're like, um, they're like, hey, Rob, I, I you know, it, it's been a little while, but um, I met you a few years back at that place up north. Uh, had the big satellite, you know, outside. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. So I stopped for a second and I'm like, I go, that, I go, that was 23 years ago. He's like, wow. He goes, I knew it had been a little while, but, but not that. I have not talked to the guy, which shame on me. That'll be, that is hypocritical. I'm going to tell everybody next episode that that's a terrible thing to do. <laughs> in defense, I backed off a lot of my own legion because I run the firm, but it's something I still should do. Anyways, he, um, I literally not talked to him. And I remember who he was. And after we get to the shock of how long it's been, he ends up telling me he wants to buy a house. Ends up buying a $1.3 million house last year. Wow. That was 23 years of going to a networking group. One of the stuffy ones too. There's no, and, and this is something I am quoted on a lot of. There, there is no time limit to lead generation. There's not. There's no time limit on it. And, and I think I get more frustrated when someone says I, I'm quitting because it's just not working. I'm like, you don't know that. I'm using the exaggerated version. Nobody should wait 23 years for a lead. But I'll be damned if I'm not going to tell you it doesn't happen. It does. It takes time. So when you think about becoming a new agent and you're starting to um, uh, look at, well, what, do I have to, the biggest obstacle, even outside the exam, is most people on what they picture real estate. Mikhail, what do you think? most people picture a real estate agent and think before you were born, what do you think they believe it really is? What do you think it's, they think it's like what they do day to day? I, I feel like they think that they go around and looking at houses all day. True. Right. Very um, um, easy. They think it's easy, easy gold jacket. Uh, yeah. Century 21. Work nine to five at the office, come home. Oh, I got a buyer or seller, whatever. Um, uh, pencil in their pocket or in the pen, pens in their pockets, uh, calling people, going to lunch, you know, uh, just uh, that that's what they think it is. And it, it's far from that. In fact, 
I'm not even sure that exists anymore. We're going to talk about that in the next episode too, where we talk about um, what your first few months look like. One of my most annoying questions I get is, you know, what does my first day look like? I'm like, oh, it's so stupid to ask that. My God, your first day. I go, this isn't a nine to five job. This isn't going to be a daily thing that we do. It's going to be what we do in the next six months. Now, the reason why I tell you that is I believe those six months are geared towards you starting to get out there and meeting these people. See, the problem, and the reason why I emphasize that on this episode is that a lot of people like, I can't do that. I can't go into the office and call these. I'm not a salesperson. Neither am I. Can't stand being called a sales. You know, if you think that I have the type of persuasion where I can make someone spend 600K, <laughs> you've got another thing coming. I doubt I could make someone buy a piece of candy, more or less, a 600K house. That's not what I'm there to do. Now, what I will vouch for, and I'll strongly vouch for it, as I know exactly what I'm doing, and I can assure them that I'll make sure that they're taken care of if they go through the process, because that's what we do. All right, so we're not salespeople. Um, I'm not out there trying to beat pavement looking for people who are buying and selling houses. It, it, it's a time thing, but it's a time thing that's based around some of the things that you, you know, some of the best generation that we do is through the things that we already enjoy doing. You know, the things that we like to do on the side. Actually, I'm curious. I never asked you, what do you do, Michaela, for social stuff? Tell me. I've never been asked um, you. <laughs> so I go to the gym a lot. Actually, I do see that on your pages. Yeah. And you're, it's I obvious do that like you don't, it's obvious you don't miss leg day. I've no, noticed that. <laughs> I never miss like that. I never, yeah, ever I hate to like say that. this. I hate to say this because you probably get mad at me, but you got your dad's leg. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. It's a fun You got your mom's looks, right? She, that's great. You got your dad's, you got your dad's leg. I mean, it's terrible. Uh, I, you, I can tell you do the gym a lot. That's great, though, right? Gym's a good – it's good for you personally. It's good for um, – she, she makes this a great example. The gym is a great place to lead generate. Mm -hmm. She's not doing that just to lead generate. She's been doing it for a long time. She likes to go, but get to where it's a lead day. And I've seen her, she does do that. But that's one. Something else, Michaela, what's something social you do? What's something um, else you like to do? I'm a part of a Baltimore businesswoman uh, network. Mm -hmm. So we yep. get together in. I mean, we'll do like regular lunches and just lunches, happy hours, right? Happy, happy hours, cool, right? yeah, yeah. I'm actually doing, doing an with event you. with. I've done an event with them before, but I'm going to one um, in the next few weeks. It's a vision board one for yeah. all the business women, and I'm really excited for that. But well, more just doing little social events like that. Yeah, you said the keyword events. Yeah, it's it's a you know I I never I, I never I never tell someone they're failing. Because that's that's not my job. They ask me, I might, but but I never tell them that because I'm not that type of guy. But I, I do believe that the job's more centered around what you just said, the events. How many events do I go to? Events don't have to be suit tie, chamber of commerce. In fact, out of the thousand lead generation items, I break that to like number nine 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 nine. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but the things we do all the time that are fun for us, 
and I'm going to expand more on that in the next show because it's more in the next show than anything. I'm just trying to tell you, if your barrier is, uh, I don't want to make calls and talk to strangers, you got it all wrong. In fact, I'll tell you the opposite. It's the opposite. It's actually talking to the people who are closest to you mm-hmm. and letting them know it's what you do and that you can help. Okay. So two of the biggest points of this particular podcast are the barriers about getting into the real estate business. One was the test. That's a joke. I think we've made that clear. That should not be the barrier. I don't care if you, y'all, some of the most mega agents I've ever had failed more than five times. means nothing. Okay. Uh, And then the barrier that you're a salesperson and that you have to do all these like you're some, probably going to offend somebody by saying you're some vacuum cleaner salesman. Someone's like, I was a vacuum cleaner salesman. I remember uh, my buddy, uh, actually, uh, <laughs> it's funny how this world's so small because uh, even Mark and I don't have as many friends in common, but he, this is one of my old agents that's on another podcast that Mark does, but he is the quintessential example I always give of making comments like this i i one time said i go it's not like we're some broken down copy salesperson and alan <laughs> he was a long time copy copier salesperson and we <laughs> joke about it all the time but it's not what we do uh it's not by any means at all uh, it, it, it it's more of hey i'm thinking about doing this can you can you, can you help me with it i'm like well yeah yeah, I know, I know what I'm, I absolutely know what I'm doing. That's, that's what our days look like. And where failure sets in, and I really believe failure is only what you define it as yourself. Because it's only you. Nobody else cares if you're failing or not. It, it, it's you. You have to live with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the lack of doing those events. There's not anybody that comes into my office or talks to me on a call, a meeting, whatever email, text, when they say, hey, I'm not doing as well, what do you suggest? That the words out of my mouth immediately are, how many events did you do last week? And y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, as you're becoming, as you're thinking about becoming an agent, and this will actually carry over to the next episode, especially the next episode, because they are the ones that are going to hammer more for this. But if that answer is zero it's horrible if that answer is zero for the last month it's worse than horrible if that answer is three months it's like what the hell are you doing because if you're not doing those events that's a problem now again Mm -hmm. i want to make this clear I don't find these events to be work where you're putting on suits and ties and your whole day's screwed. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, did you go to some, maybe you volunteer? Did you go to your uh, United Way function? Did you do a special limits is always fulfilling. Did you go to a special limit? That counts. Uh, those of you who are religious based, you know, did you go to church? Did you go to a church event? Great. That counts too. Any kind that of event, really. Any kind of event, right? That's Mm -hmm. why I was kind of asking about your social stuff, because I'm like, it's not what you think. All right. So the second barrier is this stuff about what you think it is that we do. 
and that you're working 70 hours. Yeah, I'll give you a dirty secret. Dirty secret. It's something I shouldn't say with you. I don't think at any point in my career when I was a mega agent and my volume was excessively high, I don't think I ever more, worked more than 25 hours a week. And I'm talking about when my volume was close to 100 million by myself. That's a pretty big statement to make. Most of my six-figure agents, I doubt they worked 15 hours a week. Now, for a lot of our external friends, you know, especially like in the market that Michaela works in, because some of them watch this stuff. I'm not advocating that, okay? I'm not saying that's how you do it. I'm just saying it's possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying it shouldn't be the thing that's keeping you from doing it. Like, here's the other one, too. This is a good one. Almost, we almost ended the show without talking about this one. Um, the other objection. can't believe I almost forgot this one. This is a big one. Uh, I don't want to work nights and weekends. Oh. That is another hypocritical myth about real estate. That we work all night and we work all weekends. Back to the six-figure agents that I have that make 100K, that I doubt work 15 hours a week. Y'all, most six-figure agents close anywhere from three to four deals a month. Two of them are probably listings, whereas they met with them once. And all they have to do is keep them up to date, communicate, and if an offer comes in, they work it. Uh, buyers are a little more intensive because you have to show them around stuff, right? But mm-hmm. same thing on a Saturday. Well, I'm going to have to be showing on it. Y'all, six-figure agents, their weekend looks like, uh, hey, I can show you some houses maybe from two to four on Saturday, and that's every other weekend. Mm-hmm. And even then, they control it. I'll tell you one of the things I'm proud of because I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like talking about anything positive that I do. I think it's it's self-absorbing to say that, but I will say, because it's my kids, I've never missed any of my kids' events in all the years I've done this. Not one. Now, one thing I didn't tell you is, you know, I joke about the 25 hours a week. I work 80 hours a week today. Now, that's different, though. It's because I do run a large firm, and... Even though I tell you I work 80 hours, which is true, I'd say it's really 10 that matter to me that are hard. The other 70, I absolutely enjoy. I've got this today. I've got four interviews after meeting with the vendor. This will easily be a a 10-hour day for me. I don't consider anything on my schedule today work because I like doing it. So this stuff about we work at night, you're going to lose all your nights and your weekends. I'm not the most professional when it comes. It's bullshit. It, it is. It's an excuse. And, I, and I'll tell you, and that's why I'm really upset. I almost left this episode without talking about it. I really believe that's the one that a lot of people are doing it. Now, I'll state the obvious as we wrap this show up. We try to be very neutral on our show. I don't like my show to be geared towards just the fact we work at Keller Williams. We have a group. This this show is pushed to a lot of other brokerages because I'm I, I 
I have great respect for everybody that we work with. You know, I don't think anybody's right or wrong in what it is that we do. But uh, I do always put a small plug in there because I'm I am biased towards it, and it and, and it really is kind of emphasizing what I've been talking about this entire past hour. You don't have to work seventy or eighty hours a week. You know, one of the ways we started our group is that we told them. Keep your job. We know that we can help you so we can support you outside of that. So keep working at it. People who have another job, stay at home mom and dads. Those of you who are looking at the next phase, you're about to retire. It's funny, a lot of retirees these days in their upper 40s and not their late 60s anymore, or early 60s. Um, what am I gonna do after? Y'all make very good fits for what we do. Um, that sometimes y'all are the perfect ones. You're like, I don't want a full-time job. I don't want to go do this and that. But you still can do things that you like and make money at it too. And actually benefit yourself. Because as you get to that next phase, a lot of times you're buying things. So why would you pay someone else? Why don't you just do it yourself? Um, the Any of the trades, those of you that are in the service industries, flight attendants, pilots, Haircut folks, bartenders, waiters, waitresses, dealing with any type of retail. Anybody knows me knows I'm a sucker for retail. You know, I um, I interview quite a few people, and it, it's interesting how many people in those interviews will tell me that um, they're uh, degreed out of SMU. Uh, I've seen even several of the I've, I've seen people say, "Well, I have I'm degreed out of you know." Um, um, out of Princeton or something like that, and which is which is super impressive, by the way. It is. In fact, I had a Harvard one last 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 week. But I, I always I'm like whoa. Uh, yeah. But I always tell them, I'm always like, you ever work retail? You know, like have you ever worked like in a in a store or a a restaurant? I go because I'd much rather that than the other because. Uh, Retail, public, it takes a chip off your shoulder and it makes you real. Um, you know, a lot of people know my background and my career. And I think it's sad that the one that's not talked about or at least mentioned in any of my bios most of the time, because we never quote the jobs we had. We were like 15 years old. But those close to me know that mine was important. I mean, I worked for Kroger from when I was 15 to 25, you know, worked my way through school and um, actually was someone of important, uh, someone who was important at age, you know, 18 or 19. You know, I've had a lot of money spent on me to be customer service oriented and all the other jobs I had after. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, the best training I ever got was working those customer service desks. It, it taught me how to deal with everybody, bad, good, evil, mean, nice, older, younger. It taught me how to handle that type of person. And those people do very well in real estate. So any of those professions in there. So if you're, if someone sent you this, which is my guess, this was sent to you by someone saying, hey, like I've been talking about this, you should listen to this guy because he's telling you it can be, it can be done. This isn't a, a, a guess. We know for a fact it can be done. I built SWR very empathetic. I beat. I built SWR off of my own bad beats. 
So I, I know, I don't care what anybody else says. Uh, I know it can be done because I did it and I'm not that good. All right, so if you're in those things, uh, the other one, investors, those of you who are investing, like you're doing this to, um, I only want to do a few deals for myself and maybe a few of my friends, y'all make good fits as well. All of these, mm -hmm. of course, the, you, know, you know, I belittle the full-time aid. This is where the guys, you know, my TL buddies here in, in Dallas, and I'm sure Brandon, you know, I like Brandon a lot. I'm sure he'd say the same thing to me. Uh, they're always like, you still get at least talk about the full-timer. Y'all, I, you know, I don't talk about the full-timer as much because they already made the commitment to do well at this. I don't have to lecture on them because I know they're going to put forth the effort. What I want most people to know is that the other side of it can be done. Okay. So if you're out there and, and you're struggling in your job, or worse, you already know the writing's on the wall at your job, you don't like what you do. You're earning a different face. You've done it too long. You want to have backups, alternate plans, which I think is very smart. I think someone should always have an alternate way of making income. Uh, this is a very good industry for you to look at, okay? Um, I doubt I could never be put on some type of national pedestal with anybody, but I would argue that me more than anybody else in this country can tell you if you're able to do this or not, just with the credentials that I have and the people that I've seen. So trust me when I say, no matter what you got going on, quite honestly, even if you were a brain surgeon, you probably still could do this with no problem, okay? Of course, the general plug will help you with it. If you go to joinswr.com, we'll show you all that stuff. But I'm even talking about even my friends at other uh, brokerages too. If you know someone there and you really are considering, you should talk to them. You really should. I want to thank everybody for uh, always tuning in and passing our stuff along. You know, the, the, show, the show gets quoted quite a bit from people that we get in passing, uh, especially a lot of the students I deal with a lot of say, you know, I saw your show uh, the other day. And uh, most of the show that, that we do, it's not a live audience. It's the archives, the amount of people that go back and watch it um, uh, over time. And with that said too, this is something I still have not done a good job at because we've really improved it, um, especially with the help of Mark and stuff. But if you go to, if you search on Facebook uh, for um, at Smoker Broker Podcast, uh, we have a page where we've accumulated a majority of our, um, our past episodes. And that's, those are very good for you. So you should check that out as well. I want to thank my buddy Michaela out there for everything that she does, just who she is, and especially getting to work with her all the time. Uh, Michaela, appreciate you making the time uh, Thanks today. Thanks for having me. No, no, it's great. You did great too. I knew you would. It's amazing how comfortable and easy it is for you to not have done this very to get him to talk so anyways did a great job all right everybody else we'll see you guys next week thanks for watching take care talk to you soon